What is up, Bridger Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Voss Talks. It has been a long time since we've had a Voss Talks, and today's episode does not disappoint. It was a load of fun to sit down and talk to everyone, hear all about their plans for the upcoming Room to River 100, as well as having all of the amazing callers call in with great advice, questions, and comments. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome to our seventh episode of Boss Talks. That is right. We are back. Our first show since April with all four of the boys here. We are so excited and so stoked to get to do another one of these because we love hearing from y'all. If you're listening now and you want to call in and join the show, text that number on your screen right now and our boy John is going to get working with you and he's going to get you on the show. This idea is so cool and throwing it back, you know, Wesley and I came up with this uh, as we're listening to the Pat McAfee show too much, uh, summer of 2020, drinking beers on top of Dairy Barn Hill. Now we're, you know, drinking beers on a couple of different hills and I'm still so excited to be doing it. Um, but that's enough intro. We're going to be previewing Rim to River 100. Um, it is obviously such a huge race on the East Coast already going into the second year. And we love it so much with our experiences from it. But we'd like to hear what you're thinking about this race. Uh, so if you're running it, if you're crewing it, if you're thinking about doing it next year, drop us a line, get on the show, ask us questions, let us know what you're thinking. But until then, let's go around the horn, introduce the boys. For those of you who don't know, my name's Cam Wrench. I'm the sixth man of the nation coming to you from Missoula, Montana. Wesley, what about you? And I should say, you know, Cam, you are also running the Rims River 100 this weekend, and you're going to go get that buckle, and it's going to be awesome to see. Uh, as Cam said, I'm Wesley Hart, and I'll also be out there at Rims River again this year running the race, and it's going to be awesome to just see it in a different perspective. We were out there filming last year, and I'm super excited to experience this race as a runner for the very first time. And like, as Cam said, you know, if you're looking to talk anything about this race, call into the show tonight. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Nick? What's up, dude? Not a whole lot. I'm excited to uh, to follow from afar. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it make it over there to West Virginia. Got a little little work trip over the weekend that I got to get started. So I'll be uh, I'll be tuned in and looking for updates any way I can get them. Probably just calling you, Wes, like every hour or so. I'll have plenty of time to chat out there. So feel free to hit my line and we can we can talk. <laughs> John, how's it going? It is going great. We already actually have some people reaching out to get on the show. So we're like, we're getting ready to go. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be down there crewing you. Uh, and, you know, tonight I'm going to be looking for advice on what to say to you when you decide to be in a bad mood. So whether that means kicking your ass out of the aid station or whatever it is, um, I'm excited for that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be here. It's a boss Talks. It's been so long. Yeah, exactly. And it it really, um, one big thing with Rim to River that I've been thinking about a lot is not only has it not really been long, but it has been so long in the grand scheme of things. You know, I personally stayed up till midnight on New Year's Eve only to sign up for this race. I'm not a big New Year's Eve guy. And thinking about how much my life has changed, I went from a studio apartment in Columbus, Ohio to my new place here in Missoula, Montana. I went from a dead-end retail job to having something where I'm actually using my degree to actually do my work. So that's exciting. And then just all of the changes that have come with this running year for me 
reflecting on that because of this occasion of actually getting ready to run this race has been so fulfilling. Um, Wesley, you're kind of in the same boat. You know, this race sold out on the very first day. Where were you at on Jan 1 when you signed up for Rim to River 100? Well, I didn't even sign up on Jan 1 because I didn't know where I was going to be in the world. So I kind of put my name on the wait list about 60 spots down or so and hoping that I'd get the call. And I think the call came around May. And at that point, I was already established with where I was at. You know, I made a similar move across the country in January. And kind of once I got settled in, I knew I was locked and loaded for this race. But um, yeah, it's been an exciting year for me to kind of have a full year to finally train. You know, coming on this, this training block for me this whole year, I'm about to hit my yearly PR and mileage on race day, which is exciting to uh, have happen. So I think just, it's been crazy to see even the growth within, you know, Ridge Runners and Ridge Runner Nation, you know, a year ago today, we didn't even have our first film out. The Rim River 100 film came out in April. That seems like it was yesterday. And so it's just, there's just a ton of excitement uh, for this race. I'm excited to get, for the gun to go off and to get started with this thing. Absolutely. And I know we've beat this dead horse already, but how are you feeling about that fifth place prediction? It was a bold prediction at the time. I'm really glad we got it on camera. Um, but how are you feeling? You know, like you've you've been to the gorge and now you've been out in the big western mountains. What uh what's changed? Before before no he gets to that Clint. though. There's everything. We're doing really well today, guys. We're out here, we're having a great day together at Rims River 100. Now girl. Run to run 100. I can't wait to run this race next year and place top five. That's a very, that's a very spicy statement. This is why you don't throw a camera in my face. Who puts a camera in my face unless we say things? That's, that's the issue here. But uh, I'm so yeah. glad we have that clip too because now I'm realizing you said finish top five, not finish fifth place. We There are new levels of Wesley Harton to discover on this race. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, you know, I look today, there's, I think, 223 people currently uh, towing the line on Saturday. And, you know, I think there's 223 runners that could finish in the top five at this race. And, uh, you know, it's good. It's going to have be one of those days where it's anyone's race. And uh, I'm just excited to be out there to kind of enjoy the party, enjoy the atmosphere. And, you know, I'll definitely be kind of going for it. And we'll kind of talk talk about that a little later and personal goals with the race. But um, definitely just trying to run a smart race and just trying to see what I can do out there. Yeah, this is kind of the perfect atmosphere to push myself to my limits, and that's what I'm most looking forward to. You going solo? You got a crew? I've got a uh, amazing crew of John Dolovaki the third. He's going to get a ton of revenge. You mentioned it earlier, but you know I crewed him at Canal Corridor 100 last week and paced him a, little, a couple weeks ago and paced him there. And I was brutal to him at aid stations. Like I was True. just on it the entire time. And so I'm expecting some big time revenge in terms of like, hey, get your butt moving and don't hang out here for too long. He was like a drill is, sergeant. It was like 90 <laughs> seconds. Let's go. We're going now. And I'm like, oh, geez, God, I just want to sit, man. He's like 90 seconds. We're going. It was just, but that's what it takes. You know what I mean? Like I always say, you know, if you can get running for two minutes, three minutes during a hundred mile or late in the race and kind of just get the legs turning over again, you know, it can, you can turn two to three minutes into five and six minutes and, you know, kind of go from there. So that's the thing is like, for me is when I get to a low moment in the race, just kind of keep moving throughout the day. But uh, his fiance, Jackie will be down there as well. I'm excited to have her at the race and Michael Owen will be out there pacing me as well. So excited to have uh, Coach Owen out there. Yeah, those eight stations. Those eight stations can be uh, can be inviting, but also torture. You gotta get gotta get out of those quick. I know. I, I think 
pace and michael once uh he was taking a lot of time every aid station but then we would run the whole five or six miles between so that was like my cue to like all right we need to we need to like move through these aid stations quickly because he kind of seemed his lowest at each aid station so just getting out of there and keep going been fortunate to us, Cam. You know, we saw the A stations a ton last year. You know, the entire race, basically. We saw the entire field go through most of the A stations. So we don't need to hang out at them for too long this year, uh, which is awesome. Cam, who do you got coming down to crew and pace you? Yeah, so I've got uh, good friends and friends of the show um, Alex Jackson, uh, Max Gavazzi, Amy Cruzan, and then Jamie Hanks, who was our one of our most recent guests, actually, on um, Ridge Runners Live. I'm very excited about this. I've crewed all of them uh, at various hundreds. Um, although Alex Jackson never actually got to pace him, um, drove all the way up to Cuyahoga Valley National Park to pick him up after DNF'd. Um, so we'll see uh, We'll see what kind of shit he talks after hearing me say that now. But, you know, um, super excited to catch up with everybody again. I'm really, you know, this move was the best thing for me and I, I don't regret it at all, but I really do miss, like, my Ohio folks and getting to kind of have that reunion vibe there is going to be really, really exciting for me because then also it's, it's sharing the experience, you know, and I've, I've been on the other end of that experience, you know, like I paced Jamie when he just ran Mohican 100 earlier this summer, you know, and getting to uh, make that reciprocal and have it all come back around. I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, Eric Anderson in the chat, he mentioned that it's going to be cold at night. It's going to be cold during the day. Like, that's one thing that's completely different from last year's race. I think the highs last year were around 65 or so during the day. And, you know, it's only going to be like 45 degrees or so um, during the day and then obviously colder at night. Uh, Cam, what's your preparation like going into that? You know, you're kind of a big cold weather runner. Um, I don't really have any specific preparation for it. I... I do think that, you know, fall kind of comes earlier out here in Montana. It's much more of a September is the the fall month here, whereas in Ohio, September is kind of summer's like still hanging on. So I'm really exciting. You know, I, I look outside, most of the larches are kind of falling off and all the deciduous trees are down um, where I'm going to pop into the New River Gorge. I'm going to get one extra week of fall, which is wonderful. It's my favorite season. And I'm just... I'm really looking to just enjoy it, you know? There's there's all kinds of quotes about, like, you know, no such thing as bad weather, only soft people, or no such thing as bad weather, only bad gear, which is a thing people just say to sell you stuff, frankly, if anyone ever uh, tells you that. But it's like, you know, I'm not worried about the weather going into it. The weather's going to be whatever the weather is, and it's not going to affect my ability to run 100 miles. It can greatly affect my time, whatever, you know, like can get messed up you'll get cold but the weather's going to be whatever the weather is i honestly i haven't even checked it so wow wow i just don't know words i'm I'm a big weather guy myself you know i like to look and see preparing like when packing especially preparing for a race like this you know i want to make sure i have lots more gear than i could you know even possibly need out there but i all in the only up using one or two things anyway but for me like going in with the cold weather i hate running in the cold like i just am not a cold weather runner i much prefer 80 90 degree days like all summer long but i mean i think it's gonna be good it's, it's kind of like a perfect temperature like 45 to 30 degrees is, isn't too bad so i think it's gonna be just a perfect day it's gonna be one of those days where you can just kind of run four days 
Like I remember uh, back in my high school soccer days, you know, our coach was always like, this weather is like a nighttime game or whatnot. It's like, you can just run for days. Like, I don't want anyone getting tired tonight. And so that's kind of the atmosphere that I'm bringing into this one. It's like, you can just run for a day or so. And uh, that's kind of what I'm most pumped up, up about. Uh, Cam, I think we got our first caller here. All right. Welcome to the show. Who do we have uh, on the line here? Hey, this is Caleb. Hey, Caleb. How's it going? It's going well. How about you guys? We're doing well. Stoked uh, Stoked to have you calling in. What's up? Oh, not much. Just uh, get excited for the race this Saturday. Just gearing up and uh, you know, trying not to watch the weather like uh, Cam's doing over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're excited you're gearing up for this one. Uh, you know, it's awesome that I'm sure you watched the prediction video for this one. You know, the Ridge Runners, we had you finishing first place at the Rim Forever 100 as a back-to-back champion going into this one. But we just want to let you know that that was actually like our plan B or C prediction. Our actual prediction is that I'm going to beat you by millions and, and millions, millions of hours at this race. So uh, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it's whoever gets to the top of Kmore Miners Trail Hill. That's that's who's the winner. So, you know, I think it's an even playing field. You know, it's just whoever can climb the best. Is that the toughest climb on the course in your eyes? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's the, definitely the steepest one. Um, just the only, I mean, it's easier just because of where it's at in the course. Uh, you know, being in the first half. Uh, makes it a little bit better than some of the long, like later ones, but it's definitely the steepest. And the fact that we don't go down it this year makes it a whole lot better. But yeah, going up, it's still not going to be fun. Absolutely. And given you know that you there are a little bit of course changes, but you're West Virginia local and you you know ran and won the race this last year. Is there anything about this new course that has you a little bit worried, a little bit on edge, or are you just you know, all cylinders fire and just ready to go super confident heading into this race? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to do as well as I can, you know, run as fast as I can and just see what happens. But he, you know, Bryant, he made it harder. He definitely, uh, although he took out the miners truck going down, he added more to the, uh, the last few miles, like meaning you come to a concho aid station, you know, the last aid station with seven and a half miles to go. Whereas last year we only had like three and a half. So just that point where you're feeling really rough, you're tired, you know, there's more on the ACE property, which is arguably the hardest part of the course. So in being at nighttime and everything like that, it's going to make it tough. But, you know, I mean, we're just going to have fun, do our best and see what happens. Dude, I hate that you're already making Mm -hmm. excuses for your 1730 performance you're about to run out there. 1730? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you mentioned you know you're gonna be running on ace at night. It's it's probably not my plan to be honest, but you know, you're not you don't have that no headlamp energy. You're not gonna finish before it gets dark. Well, I'm not Arlen Glick over here, but uh you know, <laughs> I, I am going to bring the headlamp and the uh, Kagala and everything else. I'm gonna have three lights out there, most likely, just in case something happens. But yeah, I think uh I think I'll definitely need the lights by the Canard Aid station on the way back. You know, mile seventy nine and on. I'll definitely have it beforehand, but I think that's when we'll need it. 
Yeah, kind of going off that. Uh, I mean, I'm super, you obviously returning to this race. Uh, what just kind of like is your motivation to come back year two? Obviously, you know, winning the race in year one, is it just the fact that I want to repeat in year two or kind of what drew you, drew you back to this race? Uh, well, there's a few things. Um, I have a mantra that I live by, and I feel like you never lived unless you did something twice. You know, so you rim the river. I've won it once. Uh, I'd like to do it twice. If I do it twice, then I can move on and get, get on with life. But, uh, you know, I really love this race. Uh, just the fact that Bryant was able to put, put it on during COVID and everything that was, you know, all the craziness. I really have a lot of respect for him. I know it was hard on him to manage all that. And I just, I love him for it. So I fell in love with the course last year. It was my first hundred, um, actually first race over 40 miles. So just you know, falling in love with the distance, and it's one of the be- most beautiful places in what I think you know, in the world, and uh, just what I call home. So, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to come back and, and run it. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I also think that you got to do it twice. That's That's a good attitude to have, you know? I think... I definitely, I can agree with that in a certain way. Although I don't know if I won, if I'd be like, Oh, I need to go do that twice. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we've got actually, um, Josh Keck in the chat. This was a second ago. We didn't get to it, but he says, is Caleb going to make it to the starting line? Dot, dot, dot. And then four question marks and pretty sure Josh Keck's another Huntington, West Virginia guy. Does he know something we don't Caleb? Uh, well, I guess he's been watching all your guys' stories on Instagram, I guess. But uh, yeah, the plan is to make it to the start line. That, that is 100% the plan. Could I oversleep? Maybe, but I have a house with two other runners in the race, so hopefully they don't let me oversleep. Oh, man. You, I don't think you know this, Caleb, but you should have taken that oversleep as a shot at Wesley, who once overslept the Columbus Marathon. <laughs> Yeah, the only, reason I'm, the only reason I'm predict, predicting that I'd use because it's happened to me. Like, it's firsthand uh, things that's happened to me. So <laughs> It could happen. Wild. It could happen. Have a seat <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Hey, oh, what's man. one thing you learned last year uh, from the race last year that you're going to kind of improve upon or, or, or at least uh, take with you and think about this year? That's a good question. Um, hmm. Well, just knowing the well, having somewhat of a feeling of what it feels like in the latter parts of the race, I think will help just because that's something you can't really train for. I mean, unless you're running 50 to 60 mile runs, but you can't really train for how you're going to feel when you're that fatigued, that tired, that, you know, everything's just melting down. So I think that's probably the biggest uh, thing I've taken away from last year's race. Um, and just the importance of having crew members and, and pacers. Because I really didn't think that they would, I mean, I knew they would help, but I didn't realize how important they would be of just keeping me going, keeping me moving. You know, like last year, Dan Green, who's, you know, who you guys predicted third, which I think well, he'll get second or first probably. He, you know, he got me running again at the instead turnaround point. Like I would have just walked for a long time if it wasn't for him. So it's like the pacers, the crew members, you know, everybody that's just trying to push you to get to the finish line are so important. So I guess that's probably the biggest uh, thing I've gotten from last year's race. Well, Absolutely. Awesome. And so what would you um, 
given the experience you've had on this course, and then, you know, we know you're a coach there with uh, Marshall Track and Field and uh, Cross Country. What would be your, your one piece of advice to runners going into this race? Um, have fun. I mean, that's what it's all about. Uh, don't take it too seriously. It, it's going to hurt no matter what. I mean, for miles 50 on, aren't going to be pleasant. But definitely soak it all in. You know, make sure that you actually take ganders at the, you know, the overlooks because there's several of them out there. There's definitely a couple waterfalls that you'll pass. You know, take in all the beauty of the course and just uh, find yourself. You know, you're going to be learning more about yourself in the, the 24, 27, 30 hour, 32 hours that you're going to be running. Um, it's something that you learn only by doing it. And I think that everybody should, you know, go out and try to figure out what's what's the uh what they're made of i guess you know so i guess that's that's it well caleb we really appreciate you uh hopping on the line tonight and uh you know we wish you all the best this weekend we can't wait to see you again at the race do you have any closing thoughts here for ridge nation uh no just uh, i'll see you guys on friday and have fun what's your uh prediction time for wesley before you jump off Oh. 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 Here we go. Here we go. He is definitely going to run sub 20 hours. It's a cool morning, cool day. Ooh. I think he's going to run sub 20 hours. He's going if he's going to be top 5, I think that's going to be it. Like it's going to take that fast. I agree with that. Love I it. Disagree with that. <laughs> I I love that. I don't Somebody's got to believe in you, Wesley. I don't think the top 5 will be sub 20 personally, but we'll see. I think well, you were the only person to go I under. You <laughs> I think you were the only one to go under sub twenty last year, Caleb. That's true, but it got up to like seventy some degrees last year. So I think it being cool is going to help everybody. I really do. It's been dry, so you know a lot of the creek crossings and all that will be better too. Hopefully, spring. All right. Well, thank you for uh, calling in, Caleb. We wish you all the best of luck, and we're super stoked to see you out there um, as well. I figure. I don't know what turnaround point I'm going to see yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to judge how my race is going by how early or late that is. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll see you guys. See ya. Yep. Appreciate see it. See ya, Caleb. And I can't wait to see that eight or nine hour Wesley 100 mile PR. <laughs> well, there's, there's no way that it happens like 20. I mean, I'm not even going out at 20 hour pace. So there's, yeah, there's you're going to negative split this race. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. The second half's easier is what they say at this, this one for sure. Everyone negative splits hundred milers. We actually got yep. a, uh, a chat comment, Eric Anderson, uh, coming in hot with the advice. He says, Wesley, don't go out at that pace, run your own race. That's why I love Eric. That's why I love Eric. He's always watching out. He's always watching out. Uh, John, I think we got some couple more people here in the queue. Uh, let's get someone here on the line with us. Who do we have on the line joining us, and where are you from? Hey, this is uh, Paul DeFord. Hey, how's it going, Wait. Paul? Paul DeFord. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're going to mute it. Yeah, yeah we got so the old radio up. feedback loop. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? How's it going? It's going good, guys. I uh, I got most of my groceries tonight. We got uh, the crews getting ready to head down on Friday, and we're going to have a fun weekend. Absolutely. That's super exciting to hear. Paul, uh, you're well-known, or at least I always think of you as that other guy who bakes. Um, 
baking not as large of a part of my identity. But, you know, the last thing I made was pan de muerto, and I ate way too much of it. I don't have enough friends to give away baked goods to here in Missoula yet. But what was the last thing you baked, and why is it going to help you finish the Rimda River 100? Um, so the last thing I baked was pumpkin bread because tis the season. Um, but I am baking some, um, blueberry muffins with Jerusalem on top for my crew and for myself, um, you know, help power some of those, some of those big calories to build up for the weekend. Um, I don't, I don't, unfortunately don't have any sourdough bread in the works. That's usually my go-to, um, to bring down with me, but, uh, you know, maybe next time, depending on how things go, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely know that. Um, and so what is uh, the thing that you're, you're most excited about for this weekend? You know, we, there's going to be a whole Cincinnati crew down there. We're really excited to see everybody. But what's, what's bringing you down to the gorge? So 100 Mile has been something on my mind for a while. Um, I'm, I've only been doing trail running, honestly, for the past two years. Um, my, my first big race, actually my first race, was OBU, um, the, the COVID version in November of 2020. Um, and I did, uh, a hundred K there. Um, that was, a uh, one of, like, that was by far my favorite race experience that I've ever had. And, uh, I met Wes for the first time in person there and, uh, Andrew Waugh, a good buddy of mine, uh, helped power me through a couple of the last yards to make sure I'm, you know, met the goal that I'd set for myself. And then, when it came time to talk about hundreds, I was uh, in my bed, ready to go on January one at midnight. You know, ready to hit that, ready to hit that button. Um, and you know, it's just been fun to train for it and everything. And we're uh, we're getting excited to come down. I've I've luckily enough to have Andrew Waz, my my crew chief, and then Michael Newhall is also a good friend of mine that just moved from um, from Virginia last year. So he's going to be pacing me for the second half and crewing for the first half with Andrew. So we got a good squad and ready to go. Absolutely. That's, that's really great to hear. And, you know, knowing that your, your first big race was OBU, it's a much different kind of race. You get aid every four miles. A lot of the aid stations are further apart on this course and it's such a strict structure. You know, you can't really have a bad loop. You can't sit down at your aid station and have a little pity party for an hour. Like I've always wanted to, when I've run that race, how are you preparing mentally for that? The different kind of challenge that goes along with your sort of standard hundred miler versus a backyard ultra. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, and a lot of this is, is so unknown to me since this is going to be my first hundred miler. Um, but I think the fact that there's less pressure every yard to have a perfect, you know, have a perfect hour where you can't really mess up is only going to be helpful. Um, for me, I'm someone, all my friends joke about this all the time, but I'm very much like a, I'll walk and then run too fast. I don't really have like as much of a granny gear as everyone usually talks about for ultras. I'm working on it slowly. Um, but it's something that I'm still, uh, still not quite there yet, but, um, looking at the course, I mean, obviously there's going to be some sections that are, better for running versus power hiking. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty comfortable in my power hiking gear at this point. So, um, you know, excited for that, but it'll, it'll help for sure from a pacing perspective, not to have, you know, that 1445 minimum pace pressure that comes with, uh, you know, the backyard scene, but you know, we'll see what happens. 
Paul, your uh, phone connection was so strong, it kicked my video feed off the uh, <laughs> off the line there. But we're, we're we're back, and you know what I want to know is why did you like you know run the river? You know why this one? You know so many races could be first your first time hundred, but why did you choose this one? You know that was a good question. Um, I asked I asked the 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 studs Facebook group and over here in Cincinnati what a good first time race would be. Um, and people, you know, they talked about Tunnel Hill, they talked about Canal Corridor, they talked about a few other ones. Um, Rim to River really stood out to me, number one, because of the amazing reviews that it got from its first year. And especially for a first year race to have such good reviews, I'm so excited to see what they can do the second year, um, especially without as many COVID restrictions. Um, and then, you know, I also, the, the beyond it being, you know, a distance challenge, I wanted it to be you know, as big of a challenge without it being too stupid to do. And so I figured, you know, getting in a good amount of vert along inside my first hundred miler would also be uh, something important to do. So, you know, rim to river seemed to be the perfect one. And also since you guys seem to love, love running in the cold, I just have to let you know, I absolutely actually love to run in the cold. So I'm excited for these, uh, for these low temps because I sweat way too much, but in the cold I can, you know, manage my fluids a lot better and it's not nearly as bad. So. I'm pretty pumped about these uh, low 30s and low 40s temperatures that we're going to see. Yeah, I'm just not about yeah, that cold temperature. I'm 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 all warm. I'm glad I'm not running, but I'm gonna be freezing there trying to crew crew Wesley. But I think am I am I the only one in this group right now that hates the? the I think Wesley, you you hate the cold, right? You're not you're not a part of Paul yeah. Hardy's group. No, nope, I don't um, like Paul Hardy's group. Yeah, it's not me. We, we don't. I'm the, the whole, yeah. I'm the only vocal Paul Hardy. Uh, crew member here as far as i know actually oh i'm all about the cold for sure i okay. i could my best races have always been in the like either early early spring or, or kind of late fall so i agree and look paul i think uh i think you know what you're giving your crew the streusel so all the pressure's on them you know no pressure on you yeah, I mean, honestly, if you have a blueberry streusel muffin, then, you know, you can tackle anything that's put in front of you, right? So there's really no excuses at this point. Um, Andrew Waugh will be bundled up in about 50 layers, I know. Um, that'll keep my nice toasty. But, you know, I'm from Michigan, and I played high school soccer in the snow, and we had a great time with it. So, Wesley, I don't, I don't want to hear any sort of complaining. And also – when you when you see me run by you for the first 20 meters just to wave as i go by you better not uh push me in the new river like the like the threat was on, on strava um i'm just glad that i'm glad that arlen we're there to put you in your place that's all i gotta say hey if you haven't seen the strava you know uh you know andrew Watt kind of insinuated that you know paul the four would be passing me and as he passes me during this race he would wave at me and in doing so and you know i said that you know if that happens on race day you know Paul will end up in the new river at some point in this race. And I'll just leave it at that. But <laughs> Oh man. All right, Paul. Well, do you have any, uh, any closing comments or thoughts? No, I'm just excited to get this done. My last, my last big, big race, um, was in Zion over in, you know, your guys' neck of the woods and it ended, you know, in a catastrophe. So, I'm hungry for this one. I'm ready to go. And uh, it's going to be fun as I, you know, whiz past Wesley going seven minute pace for the first, you know, 20 meters or so before I start walking up that first hill. So I'll see you guys on Friday and uh, looking forward to having a good time. 
Absolutely. We will uh, we'll see you there, Paul, and we are uh, stoked to see you as well. Have a good one, guys. Yep, we'll see, see ya. ya. I don't know if you guys caught this, but when Paul ran uh, Shawnee 50K, the next morning he – well, he had gone. He went after the race back home, and the next morning he got up and ran a twenty-mile, like a flat, like road run on loops. The very next day, after spending like seven hours out there. Yeah. So I think he, I think I think he's got the training. He's putting the time in for sure. We'd love love to see that. Um, even more than we love to see his uh, his baking post on Instagram. But, you know, uh, speaking of things we'll love to see, you know, we're all stoked to get Ridge Runner Nation uh, member Andrew Waugh out there. I'm really excited to see just how many layers he can fit on. Because uh, I remember seeing him at the Backyard Ultras in a puffy coat, you know, and that's just, that's such a powerful look. I can't imagine how cold he gets when he's not moving. <laughs> no, he wore it like the whole entire time that Wes was pacing him at Leadville, too. I was going to say, when I faced a lead, I feel like it wasn't in that many layers. Was he in a lot of layers? No, he had a puffy on for sure. <laughs> the puffy is a big layer, Wesley. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, did, I missed out on that. <laughs> Let's stay focused on the 90 seconds and, you know, keep keeping it moving as uh, JD3 alluded to earlier. Yeah. And uh, to your comment there, Nick, Paul actually just dropped in the chat. He says, Andrew Waugh made me do three 30-20 back-to-back weekends. That is... This three really solid weekends. Um, did not see any of that in my training, at least. So, you know, here's to you, Paul. I've never done that. I guess that's what I'm missing. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, and so, uh, John, we got anybody else uh, waiting on the line currently? Not yet. We are working on getting someone in the, into the queue, and uh, we'll get them on here in a few minutes. All right. Sounds good. Um and so one thing, um, you know, that's coming up with this race, right, is the course has changed a little bit and it's no longer quite the perfect out and back, but it really does manage to get to see sort of all the great sites of the New River Gorge. I'm sure you guys have seen all of our social posts from Long Point and the Contro Rim uh, aid station this week on Instagram. Um, but what are you kind of feeling, Wesley Hartner? Are you going to take the time to soak in the scenery as Caleb suggested, or are you, you know, as a guy who doesn't even like hiking, what are you going to be enjoying it? Or is this just an athletic challenge? You know, that's kind of funny that you mentioned the hate hiking thing. Cause I've been thinking about that a ton recently on my runs and in taper mode, especially cause you know, you're supposed to slow down and really enjoy the recovery miles, which, you know, I've been doing as well, but uh, the hating hiking thing has definitely come up a little more recently than, than I would like it to admit. But um, with that, as long as I can kind of keep running and keep moving and like, you know, hike in between, you know, it is a run walk, but you know, you, you can still definitely run uh, some of those miles as well. So that's kind of what I'm most looking forward to. But to answer your question, like I'm definitely going to be uh, stopping at those uh, aids, those lookout points, like a long point, uh, Fayette Station to look up and look around at all the different sceneries. So there's a ton of different parts of the course that I'm looking forward to kind of just taking in. Like I'm not going to probably run out over to Concha Rim to the overlook there. Maybe I'll just like look from a, a gander, but maybe at mile 92 when it's dark, I'll uh, head over and see what's up. But what about you, Cam? What's your game plan in terms of the overlook spots? I just, I, I mean, to be frank, I was, you know, this has not been a great year of either training or racing for me, frankly, both physically and mentally. And now I'm sitting sort of like on the preface, uh, or excuse me, the uh, the precipice of like the largest of these challenges, you know, my 
Well, not my my next to last race was a 11 mile DNF at a 50k in West Virginia, just because I I wasn't mentally there, and I think that's been the biggest change for me since moving is that I I'm really enjoying just running again, and my relationship to it as a method of exploration has really has like kind of come back, and I've gotten that same like kind of sense of wonder. So I'm planning on just taking it as honestly like as slow as I might even be able to go and just enjoying every single minute of it that I can. And I, even when, you know, um, as Caleb says, there's going to be plenty of pain and suffering in the last 30 miles, you know, like in a way you can, you can accept that and you can enjoy it, um, as you go along with it. And so that's really my plan, you know, and it's like, if I'm at mile 92 and we'll say my feet look even worse than John's at burning river, I mean, knock on wood, cause I don't want that, but you know, I'm gonna walk over there. I'm gonna take a look over the rim, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy where I'm at and what's going on. So that that's the plan. Yes, absolutely. How many Instagram photos are you gonna take out there on the course on race day? If you had to guess, oh, I'm gonna go live on the Ridge Runners IG at Long Point. Um, everybody, be prepared for that. I have no idea what time that's going to be. Um, hopefully, I can get Caleb coming through the second time. Uh, just give him a little wave, you know, because he's gonna be he's gonna be going a little too fast for me, but. Absolutely. Phone's coming with me. I'm going to listen to music if I need to. I'll listen to a podcast if I want. I'm trying to enjoy this. This is not, you know, I'm in no danger of winning. So why act like I am? Yeah, no, I love to hear that, Cam. And I feel like you've got the mindset that you need to finish 100 miles going into this race. And, uh, you know, Ridge Runner Nation's all pulling for you. Uh, John, I think we have someone uh, on the line and uh, in the queue. So let's, let's get them on here. Who do we have on the line and where are you from? Hey guys, this is Josh Keck from uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Hey Josh, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. Stoked to uh, stoked to hear from you. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see you guys this weekend. I'm uh, I'm not going to be racing myself, but I'm going to be uh, volunteering. I should be uh, course marshalling right before you guys get to Long Point. So, you know, if Wesley's not in the top five spots, just uh, just saying, I may have to give him a little kick. Get, get him motivated. <laughs> yeah, just push me off long point. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be a fitting way to go. There's, there's worse places. <laughs> yeah, when, when Cam's live streaming, you'll just see Wesley's body down at the bottom. <laughs> not, not a good time. But yeah, I'm excited to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it should be a great race. I think, I think there's a lot of strong runners coming out. Um, I'm a middle of the pack guy. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, like I know in my experience last year was nutrition to just not go well. It was a total fail. Um, it was my first hundred and I didn't know what to feel like after mile 50 and the nutrition side of it for me was just totally, totally threw me off. So I'm curious if you guys have a nutrition strategy and speaking of baked goods, does it include pepperoni rolls? Um, so I'll, I'll go for that one first. Um, nutrition strategy, no. Pepperoni rolls, yes. Um, I don't know exactly how many there are going to be at the aid stations, but uh, I'm going to put quite a dent. Uh, they don't really have those out here in Montana. Um, in fact, I had to explain what they were to somebody about a week ago, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the opposite side of with Cam again. You know, he's not checking the weather. I'm, I'm actually preparing for this race. You know, it's 100 miles, Cam. What are you doing out here? But uh, I'm I'm going to be happy, man. That's the thing. I'm not I'm not worried about the race. I'm I'm just going to be happy during it. Like. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really all it takes to get through 100. But uh, no, I do have a nutrition plan. It's uh, I've got a big Google Doc. You know, on Ridge Runners Live, we had Carol Youngblood on and Melissa uh, Strain on, and they talked about uh, you know preparation for 100. And that episode really prepared me to really okay, let's do a deep dive here. Let's kind of visualize my race and how I want it to play out nutrition wise. It's each aid station. You know, when it gets dark, what layers could I possibly want, or like when do I want a shoe change possibly? And so I really kind of spent a ton of time. Focusing focusing on that but I mean in terms of just like raw numbers like I'll be doing you know spring energy gels or what I will be going to uh, for gels throughout the day I'll also be drinking the gnarly that's out on the course which I'm super excited for that uh, really worked well for me a couple a week ago with Cam out uh, in Montana and then uh, kind of off of that I mean the aid stations are stocked with the best aid station food that is like maybe at any east coast 100 like bacon, pepperoni rolls, and like so many other like quesadillas. And I'm, I'm missing broth and chicken noodle soup at every single aid station. It's like it just goes on and on with the list of like high quality aid station foods. So local uh, coffee as well. Rangefinder coffee, hopefully yeah. from uh, Fayetteville, West Virginia. So, I mean, it's going to be awesome. That's what I'm most looking forward to is just kind of eating everything that's out there. And, you know, it's just an eating contest at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's awesome. You guys got it figured out. The, uh, the food and the aid stations are awesome. I think Brian's done a great job. He's gotten people from all over the state to come out and, and volunteer for this thing. So that's a real testament to just not only the race, but just getting people involved, getting so many people to sign up for a race after the first year, like it's an insane accomplishment. So shout out to Brian for, for coming together and making that happen. And for everybody who's volunteering, I'm excited to see you guys. And I think it's going to be a great race. What was your favorite aid station from last year as a runner? Oh, man. Um, based on just I, – I, I would probably have to say Anstead at the halfway point just because that's when I got to see my family, my crew, and that's when I finally, like, threw up and started to feel better. Not so much because the aid station necessarily, but, like, that was – it was a, a, such a relief to get past that halfway point. Um, but in terms of service, I got to give that to Fayette Station because Fayette Station, they were crushed, you know, because they're right before the begin, right before and after that midpoint. And so they're getting runners consistently for hours, for like three, four, five hours straight. They're getting runners on runners on runners. And they're right by the river where all that windy, cold, misty air is coming and hitting everybody. And it got cold. It got real cold. And so I know for me, like I stopped there for a good half an hour and I didn't want to, but I was so cold. I was like, and I was like, my stomach didn't know what to do at the time. So eventually like they got me moving. They got me some of that hot broth. I never have hot broth before. Like that was my first time trying it. And it was the ticket. Like that was amazing, but it was so hot. It was scalding hot. So I had to like sit there and freeze for about five minutes as it cooled down or else it was going to scald my mouth. So give and take, but definitely Fayette station for just the level of service that, that they had to provide. And they had so many people dropping at that stage of the race, like mile 62 or whatever, like you're going to get there a little earlier this year. And I think that's a great benefit. You'll get there before like most people are going to, everybody's starting at 6am. So you're starting earlier for the most part, and you're going to get to Fayette station at the mile 60 point earlier in the race or 57. 
So I think that's going to work out really well, especially given how cold it's going to be. Um, but yeah, just be warned, like Fayette Station, it's going to get cold down by the river. Everybody should just definitely prepare for that and try and get in and out as fast as you can, because that really is a big, big stopping ground. Luckily, this year they have crew. So you have crew access to Fayette Station, whereas last year they couldn't because of COVID. So that's a big plus. Yeah, Josh, you're you're warning us to get in and out of Fayette Station as fast as possible. I got to say it was it was a place that I wanted to hang out. Um, last year, although oh, with yeah. our, the way our filming duties broke up, uh, Wesley was the one who was hanging out there alone in the cold for about five hours. But uh, Caleb Bowen actually just threw down in the chat, the hill after Fayette Aid Station is quite a good one. And I, I ran the 100 yards in and out of it probably a half a dozen times. What am I looking forward <laughs> to um, when I finally run further than 100 yards <laughs> from that aid station? Past the, the aid station at the top of, of that hill there, you're going to be entering the Arrowhead Loop, and that's going to last for quite a while this time around. So you, you've got a while to go. But, that yeah, that aid station was very good. They had chairs. They had heaters. Um, it's not quite so uncomfortable, so you can relax there for a minute before moving on. And then once you exit the Arrowhead Loop, it, I don't know how they're doing it this year because the exiting the Arrowhead Loop is a little bit different, but I, I think they have an aid station right before you get back onto the Miner's Trail. So that was a real good one too. And I know it, it, even though it was like really dark at night when, when I went through it, it was packed. There was quite a few people hanging out there, but they had hot broth, hot ramen, chicken noodle soup. Like they had anything you could possibly want. They had it there in a small compact little aid station in the middle of nowhere. It was great. Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling in, Josh. Do you, uh, have any closing thoughts you want to wrap up with? I'm just real excited to see everybody, and I'm real excited for the Caleb versus Dan showdown. I think it's going to be fantastic, and I hope that uh, Dan leaves Caleb in the dust. No offense, Caleb. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> big big call out to end. We're going to have to – I mean, I don't know if you can call in twice, Caleb. What are you – you got You got thoughts? <laughs> Dan is, Dan is going to crush this thing. I'm calling it. Uh, even, you know, it's tough because he is, it's going to be his first time. Caleb's got the edge on him in distance, but Dan has been training a lot. He has been pushing it this year and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. They've gone head to head in a couple of races this year. And I think Caleb's got one and Dan's got one. So that's two out of three. Awesome. Well, we're excited to see it, man. Thanks so much for uh, hopping out with us tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Yep, thanks, Josh. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Josh also has a YouTube channel. You can go check out a couple of his videos there. You know, he recently uh, ran Old Dominion, I believe. He has an awesome race video from that. Uh, or no, not Old Dominion, the other one. Cloud Splitter. Cloud Splitter, yeah, yeah, the other Virginia race. But then also he has a Rims River video from last year as well. So if you're looking for more footage of like what the course is like, what Asians are like, go check out Josh's channel on YouTube and uh, tune in there. But I, John, I think we got someone else in the queue, right? We're just rolling right along with these guests, which is incredible to hear. Uh, who do we have joining us on the line, and where are you from? Hey, this is uh, Bryant Baker from the uh, Gorge. <laughs> Love to have I'm you calling in, Bryant. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing great. Super, uh, super excited to hear from you. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to actually get in. I wasn't sure I was going to get off uh, get off the trail in time. 
Yeah, race director Brian Baker calling into Voss Talks. We absolutely uh, love that on race week, and we re- really appreciate your time tonight. You know, one thing I'm curious about is, you know, for runners, you know, you obviously year one was a smashing success, but what are you most looking forward to in year two from your end? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I've been looking forward to this weekend since last year's race finished. Um I don't know, just just learning, uh, like just learning about putting on a good race and trying to tweak things, make it better. Um, see like different things we can change, different things we can we can look at differently. Um, I, I'm probably the most excited just about people um, people coming back. Like super super psyched to see so many runners returning, um, either to ra- to race again or coming back as crew members. Uh, we've got runners coming back to volunteer. Like it's just, it's super cool. Absolutely. And what would you, um, you know, you went really big with this first race, right? The first race you put on hundred miler middle of COVID in America's newest national park, you know, what, um, is the biggest lesson you took away from year one that you're applying now to year two? Uh, I think the the biggest thing has just been to have like, it's been very helpful this year um, and just, you know, this last couple of months to have like a functioning timeline in my head um, of when kind of when I can expect things to happen, when I can, when I need to get things done and kind of have uh, just a better, a better game plan going into it. Like last year was kind of, you know, just going for it in the dark. Um, and then COVID was a whole other, whole other thing to figure out. Um, so just kind of, like on the on the back end, like logistics of things, um, just kind of having a better grasp of what needs to happen when. Absolutely, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, you've got you're putting on other races now um, there in the New River Gorge. What what um about this place and specifically getting there in the fall most excites you to kind of share it with these runners? Oh man, I mean this this uh, the New River Gorge is super special to me. Um, I've been guiding here for um, for almost 20 years and um, been running here, and it's just a man I've had huge like life experiences here. Um, been been lucky enough to have some amazing adventures here, and so just sharing a place that I am disconnected with, um, like I'm super passionate. Part part of why I love guiding is because I'm super passionate about facilitating experiences for people. Um, and, and kind of sharing in that. And so just getting folks out here to experience um, just the quality of trails we have um, and just what this place is, um, it's just super exciting. And then, you know, like this time in the fall, and then like we're going to, we've got a 50K coming up in, in February that we're going to put on. Um, you know, like November to, November to March is when I run the most uh, because like April till October, like it's river season and I'm crazy busy on the river. Um, so I, I just have this affinity for like the fall and the winter. Um, y'all you know, were talking earlier about, uh, I heard some, some chatter about cold weather running. Um, I'm a hu- huge fan of cold weather. <laughs> uh, like, and I don't know if that's if just, I like it or if it's just by necessity, like that's just when I run, that's when I put in miles. And so, um, yeah, the temps this weekend are going to be phenomenal. All right. Excited to hear that. And, um, 
you know, in our our prediction video, Wesley Harton did did the voiceover there. He let us know, you know, that this is really the best family reunion. What uh, what does that kind of praise mean to you um, in terms of the environment that you've been able to create at this race? Uh, man, that was huge. Like, um, my wife and I watched it, and we both got, we both got like, well, she made us both get teary-eyed. Um, and it's just, that was something that when we were, when we were kind of having this idea and this plan and, and kind of what we wanted it to look like, like, you know, big picture kind of stuff, like, we always wanted this to, to end up becoming a race that people felt super connected to and would want to come back to. So that we'd have we'd have runners come back and want to run again or come back and want to crew or, or come back and want to volunteer and that it would be this thing that people you know look forward to like like a reunion and um it's just crazy that like that's something we specifically talked about um and trying to cultivate that that culture and that vibe and and wanting wanting to um yeah just to bring people into this community and into what we love doing here um, and so the fact that he said that and kind of went with that theme, I guess it blew us both away. Well, hey, man, that's all you. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for you that creating that culture and, you know, doing everything you did year one to make that race a smashing success, you know, there wouldn't be good things to say about it. And, you know, kind of, you know, everyone in the trail and ultra running scene, you know, kind of all over was, you know, is thankful for the success of that that race and what you've done down there. And, you know, obviously people are still stoked to be a part of it for years to come. And uh, I'm just excited to kind of continue to see this thing grow into something uh, like it's like I said in the video a family reunion and just kind of a race that you can go to year after year no new people but then also connect with the new runners that will come in it's just an incredible experience down there that you've created yeah man it's been it's been really fun and it's been really cool like you know these these races don't like there's no way my wife and i could put this on um just the two of us like this is this is a, a community event this is people you know rallying around this idea and this this vision for what we want to do. Um, and so it's been, it's been so fun, like having the runners come and experience stuff here, but it's been equally as gratifying and fun for me to see like this community um, just rally behind this and really get psyched about it. Like, I mean, we're, we're an outdoor community. We've got tons of boaters and climbers and mountain bikers, and that's kind of what we're known for. Um, but now we've got all these, all these folks, in this community that are now like psyched about ultra running and not even that they want to go run hundred miles, but they just want to be a part of it. Um, and just kind of them getting their first taste of it last year. Like people have been asking about it. I mean, like nonstop. Um, so it's been really fun in that, that realm too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, going along with that, Brian, this, this race isn't just, about putting on a race, right? You also uh, fund a nonprofit with it as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that for the folks who don't know? Sure. So we, uh, my wife and I started a nonprofit. It's called Adventure Appalachia. Um, and the, the basics of it, it's really just a, um, it's a, it's a funding mechanism to kind of bridge this gap between the amazing outdoor experiences that we have kind of right here in our backyard and getting, getting folks, local folks, local folks in state county specifically youth um getting them out in their own backyard getting to experience this stuff um you know big 
like I've got three three young young girls. Um, a big part of my life and I settling here and, and being here is because we love to do this stuff, but we also we want to do it with our kids. Um, I, I love taking my girls out on the river. We take them out mountain biking, um, you know, and, and they can do all those things because my wife and I both have spent so much time as guides, you know, in a commercial setting that we have these, these skill sets to go do this stuff. And so you've got a large portion of our county um, where kids have parents who don't have those skill sets. So if your parents don't have those skill sets to take you out and do this stuff, your only other option is to pay an outfitter. Um, and you know, the, the basics of it is like a lot of folks here don't have that kind of money. Like it's expensive to, to pay a guy to, to go with an outfitter and go rafting or go climbing or go whatever. And so, um, the whole idea was to kind of bridge that gap and eliminate that, um, they're needing to be funds. And so yeah, if a local kid wants to go, then we're going to make it happen. And so this past summer was great. Like we got to take, and we did a, a river trip. We took 40 high school kids on the river. Um, I think like 35 of them had never been on the river before ever. Uh, so just phenomenal. Like we did some, some climbing trips, a couple of different climbing trips. We did some zipline stuff. Um, we just did a mountain bike, uh, some mountain biking a couple weeks ago. And so, yeah, just trying to expand that um, this next season too. And super fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's such a great cause. And it's, it's one, frankly, that I resonate a lot with, you know, in that, um, for the folks who don't know, I, I grew up the, the outdoors and we were always just hunting and fishing. Cause that's all my family did. And I didn't realize that there was so much and like, so such a different way to experience the outdoors. And it was something you could do year round. And, um, that's just something to at times literally put, put food on the table, you know? And I think the fact that you've started this nonprofit and you're helping these, these folks out. Cause you know, frankly, if I'm not from West Virginia, but if I was growing up in Oak Hill, I would have been one of those kids who would never have been on the river in my whole life, you know? So this, that nonprofit, it really resonates with me and is, is special to me that you're using this race to do something like that. All right, and uh, Brian, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts for us? Oh, um, man, we're just we're so psyched for folks to get here. Um, we've got uh, tomorrow's a big day for us. We'll be doing a lot of flagging, um, getting the course ready. But uh, yeah, psyched for Friday. Psyched to see everybody, um, old faces, new faces, uh, and then fired up Saturday morning. All right. Well, uh, thanks for calling in, Bryant. We're stoked to see you there as well. Sweet. I'll take care. Yep. You too. Awesome. Well, it was cool that uh, race director Brian Baker got to hop on with us, obviously, on race week. He's got a billion things going on, I'm sure. But uh, obviously cool to hear his thoughts. You know, we kind of talked about the uh, the video here that was at the start of the prediction videos. I think it's not a bad little seventh inning stretch here. Uh, we'll just play that real quick and then hop in path back here with a couple more callers, hopefully. The word house is used to talk about a building made for people to live in. The word home is used to talk about the family that lives inside that building. This weekend, 250 runners are heading down to the New River Gorge in West Virginia to a place they will call home. The Rims River 100 is a second year race that features beautiful views, 
gnarly climbs in some of the best trails on the East Coast. However, this race didn't sell out because of those. This race is special because family is at the heart of it. To the runners returning for year two, welcome home. To the new runners joining the family this year, we cannot wait to share this epic experience with you. Rim Forever 100, it's the best family reunion. Self-conscious. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that one. You know, it's always kind of fun, uh, you know, kind of telling a different story to start of those things. And, you know, every word that was said there, you know, it was obviously meant from the heart. And it's uh, been awesome to kind of see that race become what it's become. Uh, John, what are we looking uh, like on the queue right now? Uh, we've got two in the queue. We're about to get them here on in the waiting room, and uh, we'll jump in. Actually, just popped in right now into the waiting room. So, uh, speaking of that, who is on the line with us right now? Good evening. This is Sean Becker from Weber City, Virginia. Hey, good evening, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, couldn't be better. Awesome. Um, I love your podcast. I've listened to it a few times. I can't say I've listened to every episode, but, um, the ones I've listened to, I've been, um, I've been very well entertained and informed. Um, yeah, I'm running this race, uh, this weekend, this rim to river 100. And, um, I just said, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions and let and just get off the phone here and let you answer them. Um, I'm not going to talk a long time because it's kind of weird, but, um, <laughs> So it's gonna be it's gonna be cold at this race, right? It's gonna it's gonna get down into into the twenties, maybe um, along the river. I've heard it's gonna be really cold at night. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering um, what's some what's some essential gear you would make sure you have, um, especially for that nighttime section. Um, another question I had um, that. Uh, I've I've run a hundred a couple hundred mile races like you know Eastern States, um, Cloud Splitter, and those have been in real technical type races. And I'm, I'm I'm and this one seems a little bit faster as far as more runnable uh, surface. Um, so I'm wondering what 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 might be y'all's strategy with poles, uh, when you might want to get them out and when you might want to put them away and. Um, uh, but yeah, my goal for this race is to get to the halfway point before it gets dark. Um, I think that'll be a pretty good accomplishment. And um, I just think it'll make for the rest of uh, the race to be, uh, I don't know, a little more optimistic. But um, yeah, I'm just going to get off here. And any, any of those questions y'all can answer, I appreciate it. And um, look forward to this awesome race. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for calling in. I'm going to go yeah, ahead thanks, and... Uh, thanks, Sean. Those are two great questions. Go for it, Cam. I was going to say, Nick, feel free to chime in here. But yeah. um, just with the... As <laughs> well, our let's, gear, let's... gear guy, like if, if we're not talking gear, like Nick's got to be the first one to answer this question on cold weather gear. Well, I was going to say it's a, it's a good question, and I, I have recommendations. However, um, being that uh, I think Cam and I both talked about 
you know, enjoying being cold weather runners. And, and personally, I, I, I don't struggle too much with cold. Um, I, I was going to leave it, leave it up to maybe John or, or Wes to talk about like what, what strategies for cold weather um, have worked for you guys. I think the easy thing to talk about is layering. I think layering is really good um, in terms of having quality, quality layers like merino wool and things like that, that when they get wet, when they get sweaty, they still retain their warmth. But you know, what's work, what's worked for you, uh, Wes and John. Funny, like for me, like the past, what was it? So before uh, all of COVID, I pretty much just went to like tracks and indoor tracks to run during the wintertime. And I kind of like, just was like, yeah, I'm not dealing with the like teens or anything like that. And low twenties, I was like, nope, not dealing with it. So this past year, I really had to like figure that out, I guess. Um, and like Nick, you gave me recommendations and so did like Andrew Buck Michael, you know, our, our, our great weatherman from Columbus. We're going to have to get a, a weather update from him coming up for this weekend as well. Um, you know, maybe just an about, internship for Wes too. An internship for Wes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Seems like he wants to be a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm in. <laughs> um, so like for me, like, you know, learning like the Merino wool socks, um, that made a big difference as well. Uh, Gore-Tex shoes, um, especially keeping my feet dry in the, in the colder months. And then just, just the layering thing. Like I forgot that I, I had had so many, uh, race shirts and, and long sleeves and race quarter zips I'd gotten. And you know, that were synthetic style that I was able to just layer up and then getting a good pair of like gloves and hats that were like, um, refle- heat reflective. Like I got some Under Armour ones that were heat reflective and, and that, you know, really made, was a game changer for me. Like I was able to get out there and get my body temperature up at that first mile and then, you know, control it some more with like zipping and unzipping like the, the jackets and stuff like that. So it was a big learning experience for me over the last couple of years for that, but well, last year and a half ish, but, um, was made it way more, um, manageable, I guess, for me to run outside. So that's how it worked for me. What about you, Wesley? Yeah, for me, it, it starts with the gloves. That's like where everything starts for me. And so I actually just recently got a new pair of the Brooks Thermal uh, mittens that I that I wear. And for whatever reason, a couple weeks ago, I looked and I only had one mitten in my closet. I don't know what happened between this winter and the last winter. I read it the, recently. I, think I even pasted them at some point. I think I had them at Leadville or Wasatch or something like that. But uh, no, so I got a new pair of those. So having a good pair of running gloves is the key to keeping my whole body warm. And on top of that, like, you know, like, John was talking with like layering, but the piece of gear that I've loved most recently is like a Patagonia Houdini where something you can just take on and off and just kind of have in your bag at all times. And, you know, if it gets cold down by the river, you just throw it on and you start climbing again, you just take it off. And so for me, kind of having that in my bag all day is going to definitely uh, kind of be a lifesaver. I can already tell. You know how to pack that correctly now, don't you? Uh, I don't think Regeneration's officially seen that uh, tutorial on how to pack and unpack those things, but I definitely watched it a couple times. Yeah, we'll be we'll be releasing a video later this year, probably that has a has a short tutorial from Cam Wrench on how to properly pack a Houdini jacket. Um, very good advice if you've not if you don't know how to do that. Definitely a skill <laughs> worth learning. <laughs> yeah, uh, big Houdini fan here myself, and I'll say. The one thing that um, that hasn't been said, I second all the advice that has been given is, you know, um, part of my plan. I don't want to make it seem like I don't have a plan, but I definitely don't have a strict plan. And I definitely don't have a, a well, I started to make a spreadsheet and then I gave up on it. If that, that goes to show how good I am at planning compared to, uh, to Wesley. But is to have multiple versions of the same layer with your crew. 
because I don't know about uh, anybody else, but no matter how cold it is, and I, I mean, I lived on the south side of Chicago in 2019, 2020, and I was running every morning 10, 15 degrees on the lakefront every day. And just having multiple versions of different layers to change out because I'm going to sweat no matter what. And if my pace really plummets, having like a wet shirt on is going to really impede your ability to make any body heat when you're not moving as quickly. So the ability to swap that out for something dry uh, when you see your crew is going to really pay dividends and not only getting you back to being warm, but helping you stay warm like over like a longer period of time compared to having a shirt that's going to be wet with your sweat, especially earlier in the day, you know, it's going to be 57 during the day. I'm definitely not going to be wearing the same clothes during the day as I am going to be at night. So that is uh, the only thing I would add about clothing advice there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're someone who struggles with cold hands, um, I'm, I'm not one of those people, but I've seen and heard from a lot of people that, you know, just packing those little disposable like hand warmers in your, in your drop bags and things like that in your pack, they're super lightweight. Um, and those will, uh, give you a little bit of heat, you know, when, when things start to really bug you. Yeah, no, those are great. I'll be having those in my kit as well. And then, you know, just, just be smart out there, you know, like when it, when it gets colder and when you start to slow down, you know, maybe don't wear like the shortest shorts in the world. You know, I'm planning on, you know, throwing the pants on at some points as well. And, you know, kind of just like making sure that you're really preparing for every scenario out there is uh, probably the best advice we can give. And then on the polls section, Cam, do you want to start off by taking this one? Yeah. With the polls, I'm going to say it's the biggest question is, um, personal comfort and did you train with them? You know, if you didn't train with your poles, if you never used those on a long training run in a previous race, don't bring them. That's such, it's a different system. It's going to engage your body really differently. The last thing you want to do is start with poles and all of a sudden at mile 40, your, your traps are just wrecked because you've never done so much power hiking with poles and you've, you've been carrying them the whole time. And when you weren't carrying them, they added extra weight to your pack. That's just, that's an extra wrinkle in your race plan that I don't think you need. Um, however, if you've been training with poles, if you like running with poles, I would say it's not going to hurt you to bring them at all. It's really just a matter of what your preference was going into it. I have occasionally used poles on some bigger runs. Uh, when I did the Barkley challenge loop, I brought poles. And when we did the the Grand Teton circumnavigation, I brought poles too. But other than that, I really haven't used them this year. So I'm not going to be bringing mine, especially also because I just don't want to put them in my suitcase and fly them, uh, fly them out there. But I really do think it comes down to, you know, you've either decided if you like them or not uh, before going into this race and you just, you need to trust that. Yeah. And kind of breaking things down on paper. Like, I mean, if I was someone who was looking to use poles at this race or maybe just like maybe have them and give them to a crew member and then pick them back up, I probably wouldn't use them for the first 26 miles just based on the elevation profile and just the type of terrain that you kind of encounter. Uh, you know, he talked about running Eastern States, you know, no matter what, it's not as technical as, as that race is, you know? So I think, you know, probably picking them up at 26 when the climbing really starts to intensify in the back half of the race is probably a good thing to do there and then maybe just take them through canard on the way down maybe just canard to canard and then make your decision if you want to carry them through the rest of the way but maybe that's my piece of advice on how long i would kind of have them if i was was taking them with me this weekend i agree i think later in the race is the right play it sounds like sean's used them before at races like eastern states and cloud splitter where it's you know kind of crucial for um 
you know, for, for assisting in the climbing and the downhills just with help with, uh, you know, making sure you can stay upright. But, uh, I, yeah, I think just consider like, is it worth it for this kind of race? And, and it sounds like he's already, you know, he's already figured out that this is a little bit more of a race that he's going to run a lot more. And, and the last thing you want to think about are poles when you're just trying to focus on running. Um, so yeah, I think, I think second half of the race is probably the right move here on this one too. Yeah, especially early on in the race. Not that like having poles in the beginning part could be annoying with all the runners around, or you could just like stab me with the pole if you want to in the mile one. Feel free to do that. But you know, it's also like you know, this things will be more spread out. So you know, you don't have to worry about you know people passing you or you passing people with poles. And so you know, if you're comfortable with getting to 26 without them, probably just go until the climb really starts. But that's the advice there. I think we're still waiting to get someone in the official queue again. We've got a couple more callers here uh, before we wrap up the show, but uh, this is a good time to really dive into your, uh, you know, full kind of mindset, Cam. Like, what are your goals with this? Obviously, you mentioned finishing earlier, but let's just do a full deep dive here for a couple minutes on uh, everything Cam Wrench and Rim Trigger 100. I mean, there's... There's not time for a full deep dive, right? Um, or at least I, re- I really hope hey, there's not, because no, we're going to no. be here for a while. Hey, 45 minutes, Ar- Arlen style. Oh, man, I'll I'll never match up to that guy's ability to run or speak, frankly. Um, I, I admire him for both, because I can't. Man, somebody who can tell a story like that, it's, it's something that, you know, you can't really teach, especially verbally, you know? Um, there's definitely a time and place Farlan was alive. He was telling oral histories for sure. Um, but, you know, like my mindset going into it really is just that like this is an experience. It's not about, you know, kind of that classic maybe run versus race mindset. You know, people talk a lot and I, I think it's a little bit onanistic, frankly, of, you know, the oh, this is a run. This isn't a race. But I think personally you can make it that mindset and – what Caleb and Dan and like Holly Ann and Whitney are doing up front does not matter to what I'm going to be doing in my own personal race, which it's kind of a journey, I think, to celebrate the relationship I have with running, the relationship I've developed with all y'all and with my crew and with everybody in Ridge Runner Nation. And coming back to this place that was so, so fulfilling to be at last year for the first year of this race, you know, I, I wanted to run it in that first year and then two stress fractures that summer really, really kept me from being anywhere near to a place that I would have been able to run it. I mean, I ran like 26 miles that weekend filming and my physical therapist was not happy that I did that. Um, but you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's about the experience, you know, like I'm going to go there and it's, it's going to be what it is and I'm not going to predict what it's going to be, but I'm going to accept it as it comes to me and try to enjoy it as much as I possibly can, because I'm not, I'm not going to be in control of anything other than what I can control. You know, it's like, we're talking about with the weather, the more I check the weather, it never, it's never going to make me in control of the weather. You know, the more I think about whether or not they're going to have 25 pepperoni rolls waiting just for me (laughs) at Fayette station, uh, it's not going to change the fact that they're for everybody. And for all I know, I'm chasing cutoffs at that point and they're not going to have one left, but I'm going to accept it as it comes to me and I'm going to try to really enjoy it as it happens. So that's, that's your mindset deep dive. Um, as far as you're concerned, Wesley, but you know, I'd like to hear what your mindset is. You know, you talked fifth place has come up a lot. Now it's, now it's top five. It's a bigger prediction. Um, 
Caleb says sub 20. We, I know you've had some of those um, more aggressive time goals and you definitely have the ability. I mean, you've got a 120 half marathon PR. You're, you're a fast guy. You've been running since you were about 12 years old. Like, tell me what your mindset is approaching this. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big one for me, you know, kind of uh, my one big regrets with this year in general has been, you know, I'm only starting two races in 2021 and, you know, that's not normally the norm for me. Normally I'm, you know, running, you know, six or seven races. And even I think in 2017, I raced like one, an ultra once a month or something close to that. And so, you know, when you only race two ultras in a year, you know, in June, I DNF to Mohican 100. And so, you know, there's kind of some pressure on me to go out there and uh, finish this one and have a good performance. And, you know, I, I, I take that with a, in, in stride, you know, I'm kind of, I appreciate the pressure. I put the pressure on myself a lot of the times uh, in runs, in training runs, you know, not really look, looking at splits, but then also just like knowing like trying to work on certain things on certain days and so that's kind of my big thing with this race is you know at the end of the day 2021 for me will come down to this race and it's tough to say you know a lot of people may not you know think the same way with a race or you know think about the whole year in one performance but for me going into this one it's uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one but like i said kind of like what you were saying i'm in it for the long haul i'm in it for the party and you know one thing i've been taking most recently into this race is you know like you mentioned with regeneration and just kind of learning about 100 milers and how to uh attack them better throughout the years you know we've had so many incredible guests on regeners live this year alone talking about 100 milers that just you know i've learned so much just hearing their stories you know the rachel spaulding's of the world sarah wallace arlen click jamie one who'll be out there on the course jason Root, Paul Jacobs, Micah Morgan, Mika Thews, Melissa Strand, Carol Youngbud, the list goes on and on with back at ultra winners. I mean, there's so many people that have, you know, given incredible advice on how to run 100 miles that I've had the opportunity to just learn through them, through having them sharing their stories on Regeners Live. And so kind of using that motivation and having their mindsets is the one thing I've been channeling the past week and a half and, you know, taking all the information from them and uh, hoping to kind of bring it all out there on race day. That is that is really good to hear, and you know we do have our two our two elder statesmen, so to speak, uh, also available. You know, Wesley and I both twenty four years old. Uh, John thirty one, and then Nick thirty two, I believe. What is 20, um? Still thirty two. Twenty five. Twenty five. All twenty five, Wesley. <laughs> well, um, anyways, what what advice do you guys have, especially you know John with your first hundred finishes? Because we're in just frankly, such different places in our lives that we can take with us into race weekend. Man, throwing the question at me then. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I, I figured that I, you know, reflecting back upon canal was just in men, my mental like mindset, like what I was focused on. Like um, I was in a good amount of pain when I came through like uh, back towards like mile 70 and then like Wesley just like basically looked at me and said, no, we're not going to talk about this <laughs> and kind of like shifted the mindset back to being like, all right, we're just going to have fun. All right, let's go. We're going to have fun. That's what we're doing. And then that changed, I think, the majority of the rest of the, the evening. Um, as in like for me, like I ran the last six miles the best, the fastest. I had my fastest mile was like one of those last six and I just felt good. But that's that's what I was thinking about. It's like just the mindset of like it when you're sitting there and you're like not wanting to move or not wanting to 
you know, do anything that just taking a few more steps and everything can, it may not change, but it can definitely change. There's, the probability is high. Um, and then sitting at eight stations too long was my always my my issue. Getting back up and then I think the the, the nice thing, especially when it's cold, because it was not quite cold at Canal, but definitely chilly. Whereas like as soon as we like left the aid station, it was like just run for like thirty or sixty seconds, kind of get everything firing again, and then you're like, oh okay, we're good. So that's that's my one hundred mile advice for being an older person. <laughs> Well, John, John kind of uh, just threw a total wrench into what I was going to say, and he's probably, I guess, the right one to listen to um, since I haven't, I haven't been able to get the 100-mile distance done myself. Um, but I think, you know, even from learning from, you know, the five times that I've towed the line um, at 100-mile races, he, and this isn't coming at it from a negative standpoint, but you have to be prepared for it to really suck you have to be prepared for it to be really miserable and you have to really want, I think, to keep going. And I think, you know, maybe where I've gone wrong in the past is, you know, just not wanting to weather that, you know, or not, or, or not being, uh, um, in the right mental state to weather that. So I guess, you know, in what, what John just said there, I think is key, you know, finding ways to reframe that. Um, and the way you're thinking and reminding yourself that you're going to have fun and you're there to have fun and you, know, you chose to do this and things like that um, can probably help. But um, for, for me, I think people who haven't who haven't run a lot of hundred milers or even anything longer than 50 miles, the, the key is just to, to to remember that, you know, you're still new. You're still new to it. Your body's still new to the experience. Um you, you don't know what to happen. So taking all of the other noise and expectations um, of pl finishing place and finishing time out of it and just kind of accepting, you know, what's going to come. Um, that's kind of the, I guess the mentality that, that I think is, is best at that, that stage. Now, of course, you know, you, you want to keep moving hundred percent. That's not going to be uh, that's like a non-negotiable <laughs> throughout the process you got to keep going but um yeah just just be ready just be ready for it and welcome it yeah be ready and kind of like what you said there but then also like i mean you kind of know i feel like going into it like you know how bad do you want this thing and for me just personal example like last year when i did my adventure in the shawnee forest and nick you accompanied me for 25 of those miles i mean that was an adventure where i was you know, I didn't care how like it took me four days to get through 100 miles there. I was, you know, knew that, you know, as long as I slowly kept moving, I'd be fine. But, you know, Mohican, I didn't bring that same mindset into it with like, hey, I got to finish this race with everything, you know, 100%, no matter what happens, like, and, you know, situations happen out there on race day, of course. And, you know, we want everyone to be smart with, you know, if injuries occur and anything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I definitely dropped a Mohican you know, calf cramp or whatever happened, but, uh, I wasn't as locked in as I was for the Shawnee adventure I did last year. And that's kind of my big yeah. thing going into this race is just, Hey, you gotta be locked in and you can't just come into this race expecting a good result with just happen out of thin air. Well, you didn't mm -hmm. really have an option in the forest by yourself. You know, there was no other option <laughs> other than just finishing that. Yeah. Loop. And, and you're right though. I think the difference is, is you, and, and there's nothing wrong. There's totally nothing wrong with seeing what you're capable of seeing what you think your training has given you 
But I think you did go into Mohican with, you know, some lofty expectations and, and wanting wanting to do well. And that was your idea of what you want to do with the race. Again, nothing wrong with that. But when things go a little sideways, that's where that's where that shifting of the of that mind frame has to go. Yeah, and I think calling that a, a calf cramp is not very generous to yourself because you know I don't I don't know what Travis was doing when he was taping your shin, but there was some funky stuff happening. You know, I I saw you limping the next day. Like, yeah, no, I mean everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, is what they say. So yeah, that's, uh, which is actually why I plan on punching everyone in the mouth at this race. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's a bad one. Um, yeah. This might have Mike Tyson. It's just, I, it doesn't apply. I don't think he's, he lives in a very different world than we do. I mean, if you think that, if you think it'll help me out race day morning before the starting lines, five fifty eight, when we're eating oatmeal, regeneration, oatmeal thing, remember throwback to that, uh, <laughs> punch me in the, punch me in the mouth afterwards. <laughs> At the oatmeal party. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin the oatmeal party, buddy. <laughs> We got Kodiak cakes uh, coming out. Hopefully, it's gonna be great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think we've got one more person to hopefully uh, getting on here, and if not, we'll uh, wrap up here in a couple minutes. We know Voss talks. You know, the kind of best part about this show is you know anyone can call in. We love that aspect of it, but also we love the extended format of it too. You know, like most of our Voss talks episodes have gone close to the ninety-ish minute range, and you know. I told these guys earlier today, I was like, you guys better be prepped and ready for four hours. Cause you know, if regeneration's going for four hours, we're going to be live the whole time. But, uh, I think, uh, Cam might have to go, go to bed here pretty shortly. Um, it is seven twenty-seven uh, mountain time. I don't know if you forgot that we're in the same time zone now. Um, but yeah, did not plan on going to bed just yet. Frankly, I think the most important part, and I don't, I don't know what, was going on the beginning of the show, but we've skipped the most important and crucial part. Uh, we true. didn't that's even true. talk about we yeah, didn't even talk true. about what we were yeah. drinking tonight. Let's do it, Nick. What are you drinking? Well, uh, I was prepared for a longer night, so I had two. I started with uh, a new terrain uh, IPA from a, it's like a special batch series that they they switch up weekly, and then now I'm on to a Melvin which is a Wyoming go. beer. So this is the Boom Shaka Zaka Hazy IPA. Love that one. Well, not that one specifically, but uh, whatever, the, like, wow. <laughs> whatever the Melvin one, I have to check my untap to uh, figure out which one I had up there in the Grand Tetons. Cam, what are you drinking? Um, I just want to say it was not that one that you had up there in the Grand Tetons. I specifically remember because it was a Missoula beer. Was that or scepter? Yeah, you're right. But I think maybe Roadhouse, <laughs> but maybe Roadhouse is different. No, that's for the Walrus. I have no idea. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, I have got um, as I have mentioned many times on this show. Now I'm a big fan of all things Huckleberry, my uh, my adopted home state here. But the the Bitterroot Brewing Huckleberry Honey, I really love these. So super stoked on it. Um, we're gonna be seeing what various Huckleberry products I can fit into the. Uh, the checked bag for my crew because if you're not in Montana, you're missing out. But are also, br- don't move here. Are you bringing all of uh, Regeneration some Huckleberry seltzers to the starting line of this one? Like you promised. Yeah, we're all we're all gonna have a sip. Um, 
<laughs> but well, you know, can, can can confirm. You can bring about thirty cans in your check bag. Just check the weight beforehand. I think you got like a fifty pound limit. That's good to know, Nick. I'm glad you're the the experienced flyer here. I will. Um, I'll go ahead and remove those extra shoes from my bag that I've got packed just to make yeah. sure. You don't need those. Yeah. Well, no. Also, also, put them in a side of a bag. You know, don't just put the beer cans in the suitcase, or they can't possibly explode like they did after coming home from Promised Land, like they did for me. So, that's another uh, pro tip when flying with beer. But I got the Wasatch Brewing Island Hop Tropical IPA tonight, and it's my second one. So, came prepared as well. John, um, I am rocking. I, I came prepared too, and. At this point, I guess not prepared enough because they're both empty. So um, I should have became more, more prepared. But I have a Brewdog Hazy AF. It's an NA beer. I love these things. They're great. Um, and then I also have a Hopping Nomad IPA Session Ale from uh, – who's this from? I don't even see the – what in the heel? That one place. <laughs> that one place, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was in uh, there. Uh, all I know is it's from a uh, state of brewing, Waukee, Wisconsin. That's all it says on the side. Hmm. Hmm. No man. man, tough, hmm. tough, mar- tough marketing. I know. I'm gonna go upstairs. And get- <laughs> I, gotta go- I gotta go with the box upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> can't even, can't even shout it out. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like one of those that might be made by, uh, made by one of the big brewers or something. I want to find out for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Octopi Brewing. Well, there we go. Yeah, yeah, that's where it's from, Wisconsin. It's in Milwaukee? Uh, it's in, um, I think it said Wanaki. I don't know where that's at. Oh, Wanaki. Wanaki? What are you saying? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think I was up there actually for a uh, dirt track race last year. <laughs> dirt track race. <laughs> as, as, just... as, as great as that was last year for me. <laughs> I, so I really thought in the middle oh, of the state. It's by it's by Madison. Yeah. yeah. It's over there by Madison. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry to the if anyone's listening from that area, I did not intentionally mean to butcher uh the name <laughs> of the city. I just I'm terrible with pr- pronunciations. Anyways, so that's how that rolls. Um I do have one question that came in from um looks like from let's see here. From Cora player in the chat says, um she got most of her questions answered this evening, but she was kind of wondering what mileage or aid station um, maybe where most of the people dropped last year. Um, just when she wants to get it into her brain to get past that point. Um, I don't know. When, I'm going to go back and find out. I'm curious. I imagine I imagine Fayetteville Station would have been a high drop spot. I was going to say, I, where's the biggest crew access spot past mile 50? In Canard. That's if my advice, if you can get through Canard or get to it and get out of it feeling good, 20 miles left in the race. There's two awesome aid stations there. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically home free. I'm also going to say maybe even consider lying to yourself about this. You know, just whatever aid station had the most drops is whatever one you're in right now. So you need to get out of it and get moving again. I yeah, like just that. skip it. Skip that. Aid station. <laughs> <laughs> just blow right through <laughs> I figured out why. I figured out why Nick's dropped from so many hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You gotta stop skipping eight stations, <laughs> man. This John guy gets no, a I, buckle now. He's just <laughs> all about it. I don't even know where the I've buckle's at. I've definitely never skipped an eight station. That's a mandatory twelve ounce Coca Cola every time. Yep. 
I would mandatory <laughs> twelve ounce Coca Cola. Oh man! Yeah, when you're feeling rough, that's for sure. Love yeah. it, love it. Well, I mean, I think if that's everything for tonight, I think we should just all leave with uh, closing thoughts for this weekend. Nick, since you're not going to be there, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited for you guys. I'm excited for you guys to go out there and, uh, you know, explore some, explore some new limits. Uh, you know, Wes, you're still. You're still new at this thing. You're just a young buck at 25. And uh, yeah, yeah, excited to see what you can do. And Cam, I'm excited for you to get it done too. And just leave me as the the lone non-100 mile host or uh, participant here on Ridge Runners. What are we going to do with you, man? <laughs> what are we going to do? This is why you're an intern. Still. <laughs> uh, the... Now, for me, for these last closing thoughts, I'm excited to see Cam finish. I'm very excited for that. Um, I'm not necessarily excited for Wesley to finish because right now I still hold the the fastest 100-mile time for Ridgerunner hosts, <laughs> um, and I'm going to lose that this weekend. Uh, so, I, you know, it's bittersweet for me uh, going into this weekend. Man, that I'm a little hurt by that, John. You're like, my not in danger. Not in danger from camp. I've got I've got the worst head-to-head record of anybody in Ridge Runner Nation racing against John. Yes, it, you've lost every it time. It is not every time. Yeah, it has not been a good year for me. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm still putting it on the boys. You know, all we're gonna run the the 50k, run the rut next year, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But in all, I'll say I do hope you both finish and finish in good times. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, I'm kind of right there. You know, it's time to be an adult, as they say, and really go out there and see uh, what you can do. And at the end of the day, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just one it's one race, but I'm also just excited to experience it. And, you know, this is the sport that uh, we know and love. And, you know, I kind of joke around, you know, I, I say naturally I'm a ball sport guy. But uh, definitely have, you know, definitely come to love ultra running more and more over the years. And, you know, Nick's been saying I'm still a young buck, but it's it's kind of interesting for me now because I have this weird amount of experience where I've been running ultras for seven years now, but still haven't quite put together a 100-mile performance that I'm really stoked about. And so this weekend's hopefully going to be a big one for me. I'm excited to uh, share miles with so many people. You know, I'll be there early packet pickup on Friday. I might just hang out all day at Ace at Ace there, just hang out, talk to people. And then uh, Saturday, obviously, talk to a bunch of people out there on the course. So that's what I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's uh, given to me to wrap up. And I, I echo all of these things. And as the youngest Ridge Runner, I guess, um, I'm not sure by how much, but, you know, I'm, I'm just excited for the experience. Um, and I'm going to try to enjoy it just physically as much as I can. And I'm really excited to get out there and see absolutely everybody out there on course. If you see me and I look like I'm having a bad time, feel free to let me know. It's like, hey, aren't you supposed to be having fun right now? Um, we'll see how I take that, uh, depending on how late the race is. But, you know, he promises not to punch you in the mouth. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I, I'm not really. I, first off, we're going to the ground anyways, right? Like I'm not, I'm not going to stand up and strike with anybody. But also, we're going to be nicer than that. Um, but if it comes down to it, you know, like it's West Virginia, anything can happen. Um, but yeah. Well, I know, uh, I know, Cam and Wes, you guys. I know you guys don't have roommates, but my roommate always gives me really sound advice before I run any race. 
he just tells me really straight faced. He's like, look, if you don't win, don't even bother coming back. Go ahead and just move your stuff out. That's it. So just take that. That's take all my coworkers about motivation. Say. It's it's ridiculous. It's like, dude, are you not gonna like become top five in this thing? Or like, I mean, they're legitimately gonna kick me out of the company if I don't uh, come back with a buckle and a good finish. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that's it for Voss talk tonight. Thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, calling into this show. It was awesome to kind of preview the Rim Trevor 100 this year. We'd love to get more of these Voss talks scheduled in the future. If there's a race you want to see a preview on or just want to have a conversation with or just topics you want to talk about, feel free to drop us in the comments below and we can try to make that happen. Uh, our last Voss Talks was in April. We'll definitely be doing more of these as uh, hopefully you guys all enjoy them. But John, I think we've got a video here to wrap up this show. We'll see you guys all in the New River Gorge this weekend. Regeneration, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Voss Talks. Remember, if you want to call into the show, check our social medias to find out when we're going to go live next. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have a Strava club as well. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>